Welcome to Tales from the Clit. I'm Stephanie and I'm a sexual educator. Since 1982, over two billion federal dollars have been spent on abstinence education programs. Meanwhile, only 13 states require the information and sexual education programs to be medically accurate. These political choices have a very real effect on the personal lives of individual citizens in the United States. I believe that every sexual encounter is a learning experience, and I believe in the power of storytelling, especially as an educational tool. This podcast is a blatant attempt to mix these two beliefs, in which you and I will be learning about sex through the stories people tell. Listener discretion is advised. So today we're talking to... Monica. And how do we know each other, Monica? We know each other from Thrivers and Survivors at UCR. We were both really involved in the Women's Resource Center, and that's where I met you and like our little groups. Mm-hmm. And I remember you were one of the first people to talk to me about all these sexual things <laughs> 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 that you took me to an adult store. And you were like, oh, this is for this, and this is for this. And I was like, wow, this is a lot, but this is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I forgot that we went to an adult store together. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what are we going to talk about today? Today we'll talk about my experiences with masturbation. Okay. Where do you want to start? So I'm a survivor. Right, we met at As the... As am I, yes. Yes. That's how we met. And I struggled a lot after coming out about my assault with my sexuality because it was hard for me to feel safe. Even, like, even when I was with myself because even like my own thoughts, I felt like even everything I had internalized, I wasn't even safe enough to do anything with myself, right? And there was a lot of like shame associated to that. And to my own body and my own sexuality and just, like, all of that stuff. So, like I said, you were, like, the first person (laughs) to talk to me about masturbation in, like, this natural way. Right? Where it wasn't, like, this super sexualized. It wasn't. It was a way of, like, reclaiming that and empowering ourselves again because of our sexual experiences. And so then I did, eventually, I did buy a vibrator. Yes, but not that time, right? No. Okay. It was like way later. It was like what kind later. of vibrator? It was, it was like pink with the bunny ears. Oh, okay. Right and um, a rabbit. It was really cool. Yeah, it was really cute too. <laughs> <laughs> and so eventually, I did buy one, and I started. And it was, and it was at first, there was like these good things and these bad things that I learned about myself because at first it was like okay, I can actually do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You have complete control. Uh-huh. Like, I'm not going to force myself to do something that I don't want to do. But then I would find myself, you know, you always have this pressure, like, okay, I want to come. But I wasn't there yet. I wasn't, I like, I was so sexually repressed after my trauma, like, that I wasn't open to those things until then. So then I had to kind of watch myself of like, okay, I'm not going to do more than I don't want to. Because like I felt like I w- it was so ingrained in me to do things that I was uncomfortable with. What do you mean? Like having to come even though you weren't there yet? Uh, like doing more than I wanted to because the goal was to come. Oh, okay. 
right so then I felt like I had those thoughts of like oh maybe I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing this right like I started talking bad to myself and then I was like no this is the shit we're liberating ourselves from right like that I get to do what I want and no one gets to judge me yes yes (laughs) (laughs) so so then I was learning all of that and at first I would just like put the vibrator in between my thighs and just leave it there that's how that's how I started and right and then with time I would do a little bit more I would play with myself more um until like you you started I started to learn what I really like I was like oh shit this feels really good right here (laughs) but I'm gonna do this again you know (laughs) and and I remember when the first time that I was coming close to coming I stopped I like panicked really I panicked and I was like whoa like is this is this even okay like I think it was it's because of what because of my sexual trauma that it was like there was a part of me still inside of me saying you don't deserve any of this Hmm. so and then I knew I knew that's where it was coming from so then the next time I tried further and I tried further right so the first time that I actually came I came and then I cried because it was like a release Uh uh-huh like you freed yourself from that little voice yeah yeah and you came and I came (laughs) exactly it was all of that it was like wow I finally came wow this feels so good I want to fucking do this again but it was also like when I released it I felt all the pain that I was holding and then I was like wow that was so much pain and so it was like a sad happy moment that because I felt all that pain I released but then you released it but then I released it and it felt really good yeah and I fucking came (laughs) after so long um so that was awesome and I kept right I kept going I was like okay I'm knocking down barriers every time I'm learning and I would feel so confident afterwards and like it changed how I went outside in the world and I was like, wow, like I really do have all of this power inside of me. And these are all constructs, all heteronormative, like toxic masculinity constructs that were holding me back. So I felt so much more confident. And, you know, I was just like masturbating away. Yes. And my life was great. Yeah. (laughs) And, And then at the time... Okay, this is where <laughs> cis hetero men ruin shit. <laughs> okay, so then at the time I was, I had a partner, and that was a partner that I felt sexually safe with and everything. And then um, they asked me if I felt comfortable masturbating in front of them. So I was like, okay, you know, like I do, I feel safe, I know what I'm doing, like this is for me, they're just kind of gonna be there. And at first I was a bit nervous because I had worked so hard to feel comfortable with myself. Now another person was in the room and it was. Does that mean you didn't feel comfortable as comfortable having sex with that other person as you did or masturbation was just so sacred to you? Yeah, I think because masturbation for me became something so intimate and spiritual for myself. That it was different than whatever I was having with that person. So then when it came to them watching me, it was like they were, they were, yeah, they were watching something sacred to me. 
So it it was like two different things mm-hmm. for me. Well, I think still is. Um, and then, so it was kind of, it was, at first it was a lot, it was really fun, you know, he, they did the foreplay for me and I was really turned on. They moved away and then I started masturbating. Eventually I forgot that they were even there. <laughs> you know, like they weren't trying to get involved or anything. They were just watching and I forgot they were even there. I came like two times and it was great. You know, I was done and I was just laying there all relaxed. And then I don't know what I was expecting. And then I asked him, like, what did you think? And they were like, oh, that was really impressive. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and so for me, um, after I've started coming, that's actually been very spiritual for me. And because I practice my ancestral lineage and I practice curanderismo or I'm learning to. And so the times that I've been able to come, I get like like a message or or like a really powerful feeling of something. So like there's been other times when I felt like um I felt I really felt in my femme power and I said because I was really, really feeling all my power, I was like, wow, this whole system, all, all the isms, all the capitalism, all the, all the patriarchy, the heteronormativity, everything, they literally had to build a whole system to keep me and my sexuality down. Because that's how strong I am. That's how strong femmes and mujeres are. <laughs> I love that. And I was like, we, you know, we can, we can feel sad and, and oppressed and all of these things because of everything that happens to us and all the intersections that we live in, our embodiments and everything. But only in that way and how much and everything they've built can they even try to keep us down because we're still fighting back. And so I, I get these, like, empowerments and revelations of things and then when he just told me, oh, it was impressive. Cool. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I was like, whoa, like, men really don't know. They really don't feel. They don't really see this as deep and as in multidimensional the way we see it. And I feel like that really struck me. And... And I felt like I had worked so hard to get to that point and to get to to get to that intimacy with myself and and all of these right after all the sexual trauma and then getting here to this point where I feel so free with my masturbation and then he just like obliterates it with a sentence and you know, I, I so then I take this and I'm like, I'm feeling this way, but I know that it's it's not okay to feel that way. It's not okay to take his patriarchy and internalize it and his lack of understanding and internalize it. But we do this. 
right what somebody else does can hurt you can affect you you can take it in so I knew that that was something that I was going to have to work out again so then I had to when I would I was like I'm not doing this again masturbation is for me until I can find someone that will appreciate it for like the spiritual and powerful thing that it is but it took me some time because then I would come back with when I was by myself alone in my masturbation in my sacred space to not think about that and to not think about well what what did he like what he what did he not like why didn't he say more why didn't this this and this so then I had to like reprogram myself or like not reprogram but like go through the process of again of breaking down these constructions and telling myself constantly again this is for you this is just for you this is this is your intimacy this is your time alone this is your self-love this is your this is your sexual experience so but luckily I feel like also because I had already been through that once it was a lot easier to do it the second time than the first time. The healing was faster, uh-huh. almost. Yeah. Where it's like, I already know how to fix this. Yeah. Yeah. And I realized that it meant so much to me what that person has said because I had so many feelings for them. They were my partner for two years. And, and they were one of the people where I started to feel safe again after the assault. So it was just like a lot of... That I felt like I trusted that person and then they talk bad about my sacredness and so then I healed I started to heal from that again talking myself through it until I came again and I was like fuck this person this was on your own Mm -hmm. away from yeah after that one time that was it Mm -hmm. I was like I'm not doing this again with someone else what happened immediately after he said that were you like I just said, like, that's it. <laughs> and then did you, like, put your clothes on and leave or? Yeah, I think I, I, because I was laying down in bed, I was open, you know, I was relaxed. You just kind of, like, lay there <laughs> after you come and you're just there. And I, you know, like, my body closed up. I sat down. I crossed my arms. Mm-hmm. I started to grab my clothes. You know, like these impositions started coming in. Yeah. And my body my body language was reflecting that. And so I was just kind of like, okay, like, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> and you left. Mm-hmm. And what happened with that person? We, we no longer talked. That was a dead-end relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and did you realize it just then and there? Or... No, I had already been, like, seeing and feeling that our relationship wasn't going to go that far, that we had a lot of trouble. But that really did a lot for me because I thought they saw they saw me in action in my power and in my sacredness, and they didn't know how to honor that. They were not worthy. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and I was like, I no. I didn't work this hard to put myself in a situation like this again. To have somebody else like dim 
my shine you know yeah and yeah. and i think that really like because there's certain things like your your friends will tell you like he's not good for you he does this you already told me this and you went through this and you kind of like sometimes end up making excuses for your partner but that's something that really hit me on the inside that i was like no okay i really get it that i am this worthy powerful being and if you can't be that with me then i'm sorry That's amazing. I don't think I'm there yet. I think I'm still like, oh, maybe I'll find someone. But like, I don't know. Every time I find someone, I'm just like, I feel like I have to dumb myself down or mm. dim down. But I, I still go back. And it's mm-hmm. like I haven't learned that lesson yet. And I'm, well, not go back to the same person, but I'm still like, oh, maybe I should find someone else. Or it's just like, nah. Like, like I don't know, I don't think I'm I'm at that level yet in my healing. Mm. And I wonder, I always wonder like what my like alternate me that hadn't been <laughs> alternate reality me that hadn't been like raped, like what kind of goddess would she be or would she just be like really lame and am I the strong <laughs> goddess version? Like, you know? Like I don't know. I always wonder what other me would be doing. But regardless of our situations, that goddess is there. Yeah. It just depends on our life experiences, however life occurred to us, how we're choosing to bring out that goddess. And on that note, (laughs) (laughs) Um, is there anything you'd like to add, some more wisdom you'd like to drop? No is an okay answer. Let me give me a minute. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I would I would just want to say that as femmes and mujeres, we br- really bring a lot of that energy into anything that's sexual. And, right, there's so much heteronormativity within sex and what sex should be that really when you're having sex with a man or anything sexual with a man, they think that they're the ones, like, doing the work or making this good or making you feel good or this, this, and this. But in reality, it's your sexual energy that is feeding the room and that is feeding the space because because we are these really deep, powerful, multidimensional, sacred power. And what are they bringing to the space that isn't just to make you feel good, but it's to honor you? And are we asking these men, how are you going to honor the energy that I bring? It's so interesting that you use the word honor because I've always associated that with like 
not having sex (laughs) (laughs) and like oh honoring yourself and your body and listening to christ because i was raised catholic (laughs) and like saving it for marriage like that's honor Mm. it's not something that i normally associate with Mm. sexuality i don't know that's definitely my like programming yeah i think i i did struggle with that in the beginning, I didn't have those thoughts because I also grew up in a, and my my parents are Catholic, um, so then there was a lot of shame when I first started masturbating, but then feeling my power, I was like, this is nothing to be ashamed about. Feeling myself love, that that is honoring myself. That is discovering the parts of myself that the church tries to tell you to repress. Yeah. And I do all of that. Like <laughs> I am like um like even being naked my parents are like ill. Mm. Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. And it's just like this is how I feel comfortable like I'm not walking around naked in front of them but like even being comfortable with nudity at all was something that um they were like you need to love yourself like honor yourself. Mm-hmm put it away (laughs) I don't know I that's such a different paradigm that I don't have and I think that's really interesting yeah and they do tell you respetate respeta tu cuerpo yeah like and it's like I'm doing what makes me feel good yes no one is doing anything that's not consensual I am in a safe place I am the only one that has power over this. Like, what, what is not to respect about that? And also, why am I saving myself for... What if I don't get married? Am I supposed to be a virgin forever? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. who is this man that I'm supposed to, like, save my whole life for? That I'm just supposed to wait for? Like, No. And again, I think about how sex and coming and masturbation and making your feel, making yourself feel good is a sexual energy. And it's not a bad one. Mm-hmm. And we have many different forms of types of energies. And your sexual energy is just as important as your other energies. Uh, having that moment with yourself is just as important as praying to the universe as giving an offering to mother earth as being there for your friend you're being there for yourself and i don't think all of that is a form of respect yeah and honor yeah that's definitely something that i'm gonna think about and like try to process it because i i don't feel ashamed of having sex or masturbating but that's like it's not something that I necessarily associate with honor, but I don't think that's a bad thing either. So, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. Tales from the Clit was recorded at the Ethnography Lab at UC Riverside in collaboration with the Cultural Media Archive. You can follow me, Stephanie, at Sex at Steph, and this podcast, 
at underscore tales from the clit on Instagram. And you can send any questions to our email, talesfromtheclitoris at gmail.com. If, for any reason, you were triggered by content in this episode or need resources to deal with sexual violence, then contact the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Hotline at 1-800-656-4673 or find it at www.rain.org. Or call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or find it at www.thehotline.org. Media Archive.